Welcome to Native America Calling, I'm Sean Spruce. A new children's show on Netflix called Spirit Rangers follows a trio of Shumash and Cowlitz siblings as they protect and celebrate their ancestral land. The show was created by Carissa Valencia, a Shumash tribal member, and is backed by a room full of Native writers. It's a high-energy, colorful fantasy adventure filled with Native characters and cultural references, all for a children's audience. We'll talk more about Spirit Rangers after the news. This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. Tribal colleges across North Dakota are making plans to boost apprentice opportunities with the help of a $14 million donation. Mike Moen reports. The money was donated by a trio of private energy companies, with most coming from the Hess Corporation. The funds will be distributed to the state's five tribal colleges to implement an approach that fits the needs of each school and the Native populations in their areas. Cynthia Lindquist, president of Chankadeska Chikana Community College, says it might open the door to traditional apprenticeships, such as in construction trades, but they hope to provide pathways to other professions with specific skill sets. What do rural communities really need to stay viable? Who are staying in our rural communities, not just Indian country, but rural in general? And what are the employment opportunities? So things like cybersecurity which affects us all in many, many different ways. She says creating more career paths in tribal areas might also help reduce the need for government assistance for people who haven't seen enough job opportunities. Leaders involved in the initiative say implementation is expected in January of next year. Chankadeska's apprenticeships will focus on early childhood education and social work. Combined, North Dakota's tribal colleges serve roughly 3,500 students, and Linguist says nearly 10% are non-Native Americans. She feels this can really give rural students from all backgrounds more choices about shaping their future. What are they really interested in doing and or becoming? Is it part of a a normal or a a typical pathway, both for college, for um, a degree and or for jobs? And can a niche be built around that if they want to stay local, they want to stay home? Students who participate can develop on-the-job skills as they complete a two-year degree or technical certification with the possibility of earning a bachelor's or master's degree, depending on the apprenticeship position and location. That was Mike Moen reporting. In Native Vote News, the All Pueblo Council of Governors in New Mexico is hosting a nonpartisan candidate forum for congressional and state seats. Pueblo leaders have invited Democratic and Republican candidates for congressional districts to take part in Friday's forum in Albuquerque. The key state seat is for governor of New Mexico. Leaders have invited current Democratic Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham and Republican challenger Mark Ranchetti. Tribal leaders have also invited candidates seeking Secretary of State, Treasurer, and Public Lands Commissioner. Top tribal issues are water, sacred site protection, education, health care, and economic development. The El Pueblo Council of Governors represents the 19 Pueblos in New Mexico and one in Texas. Early and absentee voting started Tuesday in New Mexico. The four-hour Pueblo Governors Forum will be held late afternoon at the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center and will be streamed online. 
The Indian tribe in Utah is critical of President Biden's designation of the Camp Hell Continental Divide National Monument. Biden established the monument during a ceremony this week in north central Colorado. In a press statement, the Ute tribe called the designation an unlawful act of genocide. The tribe says it was not properly consulted and claims the Ute tribe was excluded from the event. The area in Colorado is traditional Ute tribe homeland. The band was forced off the land in the 1800s by the U.S. government. The Ute Indian Tribe Business Committee is condemning the White House move, saying the administration talks about tribal consultation, but the actions do not match. Other tribal leaders were reportedly at Biden's event, including from the other two Ute tribes, which have reservations in Colorado. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. There's no reason to let uncertainty about the election process keep you from voting. That's why AARP created state-specific, comprehensive election guides. Learn more at aarp.org slash election guides. AARP supports this show. Do you know how to help someone having a seizure? Join us for National Epilepsy Awareness Month and become Seizure First Aid Certified at epilepsy.com slash first aid or call 1-800-332-1000 today. The Epilepsy Foundation supports this show. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Netflix is venturing into the children's cartoon genre, and one of the shows that debuted this week on Indigenous Peoples Day centers around Native culture and storylines. Spirit Rangers features voices from veteran actors like Wes Studi and Tantu Cardinal. It's created and written by Native talent. The colorful animated show follows the Sky Seater siblings who have the ability to transform into Spirit Rangers to protect and celebrate Chumash land and culture. Let's give you a taste of the high energy and positivity of Spirit Rangers. Here's the theme song. Come and gather around, listen to the story. Here in Boost Park, where the spirits play. Someone must protect Shemash territory. Who will hear the call to save the day? That was the theme song for Spirit Rangers. That singing voice you heard there is Ray Zaragoza, native singer-songwriter and one of our guests today. She's one of many native artists bringing the show to audiences. We'll get to Ray in a bit, but I'd like to invite you to join us as well. Give us a call and tell us how you and your young children like Spirit Rangers so far. 
We're at 1-800-996-2848. Are you excited to see a native show like Spirit Rangers geared toward young kids? Give us a call. We're also at 1-800-99-NATIVE. Speaking with us now is Carissa Valencia. She's the creator of Spirit Rangers, and she's a Santa Inez Chumash tribal member. Carissa, welcome to Native America Calling, and congratulations on this new show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. This is awesome. Well, we're super excited to have you, and I know it's been a really long road for you, the creation of Spirit Rangers. How did it feel earlier this week when the show finally became available to stream? Oh, gosh, so many emotions. I think um, I was just so happy to be able to share it on Indigenous Peoples Day of all days, like celebrating our Native youth that day just felt really special. Animation takes a long time. So I've been on this for almost four years. So it was really nice to be able to um, have everybody watch it. Well, Indigenous Peoples Day, I, I assume that's not a coincidence that the show premiered on that date. That is correct. Yeah, that was the goal. Always wanted it to be on that day. Um, just to reclaim this holiday that's long been, you know, celebrated uh, colonization. <laughs> so definitely wanted to switch that up and make it about Indigenous creatives and art and our youth. And it's just been such an amazing week. Carissa, young children are such a specific audience and there's a huge amount of competition to create content for that demographic. How did you land the show? Um, well, I always, I've always been inspired by our traditional stories of like, how did the condor get its black feathers or how did the sun get in the sky? All those stories have these beautiful universal lessons that I think are perfect for preschoolers, whether you're native or not, it'll teach you about community, about kindness, about friendship. So I think that kind of stuff translates regardless into just great storytelling. So I'm really happy that Netflix took a chance on us and gave us this home in animation where we could do anything. That's what I love about animation. You can be anything, you can go anywhere. So it was really freeing to be able to tell my team to create the native show we always wanted. And like, what does our native magic look like? And just really give them the freedom to um, create this beautiful show. Now, as you mentioned, many of the Spirit Rangers episodes are, are built on traditional Schumacher stories you heard as a child. Looking back, did you ever imagine bringing these tales to life on screen? <laughs> oh my gosh, that was always a dream. And it's like crazy that we're here. I mean, it, on Monday, Spirit Rangers went live to 180 countries. And it is crazy to me that there's kids all over the world who'll be saying haku, which is the Somala language for hello, um, sharing these things that are so personal. It's like reading my diary out loud in a way, but also like, I'm thrilled that these stories get to exist in this space and that we get to invite people into our indigenous world. We show um, Shumash stories, which is like what the family is based off. Also Cowlitz stories from the Pacific Northwest. And then Spirit Park, where the show is set, kind of acts like this magical hub where spirits from all over the world can come visit. So it's been this dream American history class that I've always wanted to take, where I get to learn about so many other different tribal regions and their stories. So like learning the story of lacrosse or the three sisters and having that all exist in this magical space. It's just, it's so, so fun to get to learn from everyone. Well, 
there's a little bit of Shumash language mentioned throughout the show, as you say, and, and let's go ahead and listen to a little bit of that. Here's one scene from episode one, where the siblings are visiting their grandma, Didi, in the park museum. I was going to take pictures of the park condors, or as we say in the Somala Shumash language, Almayi. Almayi? That's my favorite bird. Actually, all birds are my favorite bird. But I love condors, and they love the sunset. <laughs> You're right, Summer. They fly over the park every day at sunset. Problem is, the sun doesn't look like it's going down anytime soon. Oh, that must be why it's so hot. I should go find your dad. <laughs> He'll know the exact hour, minute, and second the sun will set. Carissa, just so wonderful. I, I enjoyed it it's so much. And, and I know your team reached out to Shumash and, and Cowlitz tribes to seek permission to make the series. What was their initial reaction when they heard that people wanted to celebrate their cultures with a cartoon? Oh gosh, yeah, this was probably like one of the highlights of my career. I, as you know, like Hollywood has loved our stories but has never invited us to have a seat at the table when telling them. And I did not want Spirit Rangers to fall in that same trap at all. So uh, we were working with our native production consultant, Dr. Jolie Proudfit, and she was suggesting to do a formal ask to my tribe and like really let them know, like, this is what I want to do for our culture. This is how I want to give back. Um, so I set a meeting with my elders council and I was really nervous because <laughs> of course it's, um, this is a big ask. And I just went with an open heart, told them what I wanted to do. And they generously like funded my entire education. So I wanted to give back in this way to our community and, um, hearing how proud they were and how excited they were is just like something I'll never forget. They gifted me these giant transcripts from our ancestor, Maria Solares, who's responsible for why we have all these stories today and our language. And only elders have those transcripts, but they gave them to me so I could read them and bring some of her stories to life in the show. So that was really, really special. And um, I think, you know, the Shumash are a really small tribe and we're a Californian tribe, which usually doesn't get a lot of media recognition. So it was exciting to them that we're going to be on the big screen and show off our culture and our language. Um, and they've been amazing collaborators ever since reviewing art, put, helping us like design the visitor center and their tree house and their um, abalone necklaces. Like so much of that was from our culture department. So huge shout out to our elders council and Nakia, who's the uh, director of the culture department. Well, it's great to hear that, that the tribes uh, contributed with regard to those cultural elements and offered their expertise as well. And Carissa, I was also just really impressed with the production quality of Spirit Rangers. I mean, the animation, music, it's as good as anything else out there. And what goes into creating that type of rich media content? Oh, yeah, this is like, this is all our producing partners, Super Prod Animation. Um, they are based all the way in Paris and France. And while we have some indigenous storyboard artists, visual development artists, they're all within the Super Prod pipeline. And I wanted to make sure that our stories were given this, again, this like magical freedom to do whatever we wanted. 
Um, and when I wrote the pilot, we were starting to look for a animation partner and we tested a bunch of studios and they sent, you know, each studio sent a couple pages of like, this is what I think Cody would look like, or this is what, you know, the park would look like. And it was just like, you know, three to five pages per studio. And there was one studio, which was super prod. They sent 40 pages of what they imagined the world to look like. They were so <laughs> inspired and immediately got it. And I was like, it was just like a match made in heaven. I, they were sending me every bush, every flower, every whatever. They were just floored by the world. And they really rose to the challenge of what I was asking. Because in my brief to them, I really wanted the human world to feel kind of more realistic because I just wanted to see a native family kind of be a native family, not too stylized or anything. But then when we go to spirit park, I wanted to see all of our native art celebrated. So every spirit has a tribal print on them and it's a detail a preschooler probably won't notice, but so every tribal print is connected to whatever region they're from. So coyote and lizard have all this awesome Shumash rock art on them because they're Shumash. And we have a porcupine spirit who's Athabascan and she's got more of a floral design like the Athabascan regalia. So those small details is something that they really took the time to work with our consultants and our elders to make sure that we're getting all that correct. And so it just brings more life to the show without even really thinking about it. So it's been, it's been, <laughs> an amazing, amazing partnership with them. The language barrier was one thing, but they just absolutely respect what we're doing and put their whole heart and soul into it. And you can really feel it when watching it. It feels like a movie. They did such a good job. You really can. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it just, you know, high dollar all the way, just top notch. And folks, we're talking with Carissa Valencia. She is the creator of this new Netflix series, Spirit Rangers, started streaming just earlier this week on Indigenous Peoples Day. If you want to call in and give a shout out to Carissa, 1-800-996-2848, or if you had a chance to watch the show, tell us what you thought about it. 1-800-996-2848. We'll be right back. Madeline Sayette counts a combination of traditional Mohegan stories and Shakespeare's guiding influences for her work. Those forces merge in her one-woman show, Where We Belong, that confronts the modern repercussions of past European colonialism. We'll hear from Sayette about her show and her many other projects. That's on the next Native America Calling. Support by the Facundo Valdez School of Social Work at Highlands University, now offering the opportunity to earn a culturally relevant clinical Master of Social Work degree without leaving your own community. This online MSW degree focuses on a small, supportive model with a clinical concentration. Students in rural areas, tribal communities, and or who live far from campus are given preference. Application deadline is October 15th at online.nmhu.edu. You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We're talking about the new children's show on Netflix called Spirit Rangers. It's getting rave reviews for focusing on a Native storyline produced predominantly by Native writers. 
If you have young children, have you already started them on Spirit Rangers episodes? Give us a call. Tell us why it's important for your young kids to see Native stories on television and the Internet. Join us by calling 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. We're speaking with Carissa Valencia. She is the creator of the Spirit Rangers show. And Carissa, um, also here with Spirit Rangers, all Native Writers Room, and, and more and more, that's a box that just really has to be checked whenever we hear about Native production. So tell us more about your Spirit Rangers team. Yeah, so I'm glad you said that too. I feel like we're setting the bar and we can't go backwards at this point. And I feel like the heart of the series for me really starts with the writers. They're the ones that are building the world and the magic and we're creating the characters. And I feel so lucky that the writers that I found felt that we created a space where they could be vulnerable and talk about those times where like it was really hard to be a native kid or what were the joys of being a native kid and bringing all those stories to the Sky Cedar family. Um, it started with the first person that I reached out to was Kelly D'Angelo, with Tuscarora Haudenosaunee. She was the only other animation writer that I knew of in my entire career that was Indigenous. So when the show got greenlit, she was the first person I reached out to. And she introduced me to a couple more people. One of them was Joey Clift, who's Cowlitz and our also consulting producer. And from there, it just snowballed. I kept, I was like, who do you know? And he introduced me to more people. And I asked the same thing to those folks. And by the end, I had so many killer scripts on my desk of all this amazing talent that was just ready to be hired. So I'm super proud of the team that we've assembled from all corners of the country. And they've each brought some of their unique flavor from their tribe. So it's been really cool to learn from them. Well, Carissa, like I said, I enjoyed it, but but what do I know? Okay, I'm a middle-aged guy. So to gain <laughs> a child's perspective earlier this week, I watched a couple of Spirit Ranger episodes with my eight-year-old daughter, Celeste. Here's what she thought of the new native-themed animated children's series. Celeste, what did you think of the Spirit Ranger show? I absolutely loved it. It's native kids, and you don't really see that anymore on TV. There's this little girl named Summer, and she's a bird, Summer Bird. And there's another one named Eddie. And he's a turtle. His name is Eddie Turtle. And then there's another one who's Cody, I think. Is that right? I believe so. And he's a bear, Cody Bear. Where do the Spirit Rangers work? At, like, this little park. And I think that's perfect because they love it there. They know a lot about it. It's where they can learn a little bit more about their culture. There's a bunch of plants, critters all around them. So the Spirit Rangers, um, they're children, and then they turn into Spirit Rangers. How does that work? Well, they have, like, these little necklaces that transform them to like this little um world of like spirits and stuff like of like little animals and everything do you remember what tribe the children are from yes i do the chumash tribe that's right california and what about the spirit ranger kids what about their parents what do they do 
Well, their dad, he's like, he knows a lot about when the sun is setting, when the moon is rising, and like when like all like of like the, um, he makes inventions like drones and stuff. I'm not sure he is the permanent invention that created them, though. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. He's a park ranger, right? Yes, and so is their mother. She is, like, she works at the park. She lives at the park. I just think it's a great home. What about other kids about your age? Maybe a little younger, maybe a little older. Do you think they would enjoy watching Spirit Rangers, too? Yes, it's a very kid show. It's not too grown up y. <laughs> no offense. Um, None taken. Anything else? Yes, Mom, I love you. What about Dad? <laughs> right. Dad, I love you as well. That was eight-year-old Celeste Spruce, Eastern Cherokee in Laguna Pueblo, an aspiring television and YouTube critic, offering her take on Spirit Rangers, the new indigenous-led Netflix series. Carissa, I think you've got a new fan. <laughs> that just made my whole day. Oh, my gosh, Celeste. Rave review. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Krista, creating content for young children is such an art. And I know, believe me, because we watch a lot of kids' TV shows, read a ton of kids' books, and you can really tell when a creator has a gift to connect with with a young person's mind. What's the secret? (laughs) Um, Well, thank you. First of all, I um, have learned a lot from Christine. She created Doc McStuffins, Vampirina, And something that I never forgot that she said was to not write for what you think a kid would like, but to write for yourself. Like, what would you like as a little kid? And I just take that with me as I'm writing all the time. So I know little Carissa would have loved just an action adventure superhero native Sailor Moon magical show. So that's what I really went with. At the end of the day, like kids can sniff out if you're trying to kind of spoon feed them something or um, come off disingenuine. So these are, the show is a great just superhero show at the end of the day. Um, And I think like I take it very responsible, but writing for preschool, especially because you're their intro into TV for the first time. These are some of their first heroes that they're looking up to some of their first friends the first role models they want to be like so I really wanted to make sure that our heroes were fully realized they mess up but they also love each other and they're learning to be brave and have all these wonderful qualities we get to explore and just make them as real as we can I think you're right on the mark uh, with regard to to being authentic for kids because they can just tell so quickly if something is not authentic or it's fake or it's trying too hard to 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 be like kid like so they're just so on top of it and and I know you've worked with some you know some heavy hitters on this you mentioned Chris Knees of, of uh, Doctor Doc McStuffins fame and I'm familiar with that show as well so uh, just just really really an exciting project and folks if you want to get in on this discussion what are you waiting for one eight hundred 
888-996-2848. If you have a question for Carissa, uh, she's here and she's uh, excited to talk with all of our listeners here on Native America Calling. And let's go ahead and, and bring in another one of our Spirit Rangers team members that we have on the show today. Joining us from Long Beach, California is Ray Zaragoza. She's a singer, songwriter, and a composer for the Spirit Rangers show. She's Akamel Afam Descent. Ray, you've been on our show before. Welcome back. Hello, Sean. Thanks for having me back. Hi, Carissa. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Celeste is so so sweet. That was that made my day too. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you I'm glad you joined. Well, let's let's talk more about about you know the show and and the Spirit Rangers theme song specifically that um that you sing and that you created it's high energy it's got this awesome hook that appeals to kids and i know because celeste has been humming it around all week and ray what went into creating that yeah so actually that song was co-written um by me um michael kuman and um chris diamond um who also wrote some songs for the show and also co-produced by aaron kinate um and uh I mean, creating the song, it was something I'm really glad that we were able to do um, kind of into the process of writing a lot of music for the show. So at the time of creating the theme song, I think we had already written, I mean, I think I had already written maybe like 10 or 15 songs for the show. So we had already had like this real feel of the sound of the show and had gotten so close to the characters and had really dived into the world and the musical world had already created itself. So you know, the theme song kind of felt like this, like this, um, the overview of the entire show. And it was just so easy to kind of like almost piece together every song we've written already and then have the theme song be like, it's the, the center, the centerpiece. And so, um, yeah, I mean, when we created it, we just wanted to, in one minute, figure out a way to incorporate an explanation of every single character introduced. Eddie Turtle and Cody Cub and Summer Hawk and also their friends, um, you know, Coyote and Lizard also incorporate some Samala language. Um, and so you have like this whole laundry list of things to incorporate in a one minute song. It was like a really, really, really exciting challenge. And uh, like one of my, my favorite experiences was getting in a room with the other two writers to create that song. And um, yeah, I mean, it was just so fun. Like there was just lots of laughter and, um, and I think when we set out to write it, we just knew that, um, one, we had to leave the session singing singing it. So we knew that it was catchy, but also we had to like laugh through the entire session because it had to be fun. <laughs> you got to be able to keep it, keep it in your head even when you walk out of the studio. Well, Ray, you and your co-writer, I mean, you nailed it. I mean, hit it out of the park. It, you just checked all those boxes. It's just such a such a catchy tune. And and I know you, you've really got, um, you know, you've been in the business a long time. We were talking a little bit about, about the show. You've been a professional songwriter and, and singer for more than 10 years. And you also have a reputation for, for songs that, you know, appeal to more of an adult audience, personal, emotional songs. So this is a big switch for you, uh, writing a song for a completely different audience. Um, was that challenging, just kind of pivoting in terms of your artistic and your creative influence? Yeah, um, I definitely um, am so grateful that everyone was so patient with me in the beginning because this is the first show I've ever worked on in, in this way. Um, you know, I've written a lot of music for, for TV and film, but always in a different capacity where it's like my artist work being licensed to be on a 
TV show or on a movie, but this is like a whole different experience where, you know, you're reading a script and then you're writing a song for the script and it's a whole different process. And I had a huge learning curve in the beginning and I'm so grateful to the whole Strangers team, to Carissa, to Chris Nee, um, to all the producers for, for like taking a chance on me as well. Um, because I definitely, uh, I had a lot to learn in the beginning, really mostly about the process and about like the, just the, the system of how it's done and how to deliver, um, you know, uh, the tracks and, and how to record with the kids and just a lot of, um, all these steps that I had, I had never, um, done before, but, um, the learning process was so fun. It was like having it a dream job, but also getting an education at the same time. Um, but I would say in terms of the creativity part, in terms of the songwriting itself, um, that felt like even more natural to me um, than I could have even ever expected. Um, I grew up uh, in the musical theater, actually. I grew up in New York City, and I grew up doing a lot of theater, a lot of theatrical um, kind of music. And I realized that writing for a kid's show in many ways is very theatrical and very related to musical theater. And I felt like I was able to pull from that childhood education in that world to create in this new world while also incorporating, um, you know, my work as an activist, as a social justice songwriter, because I feel like writing for a children's television program is um, is a part of social justice and the youth is like my biggest passion. So it was really just like a, a kind of like a beautiful, um, you know, just a mix of all of my biggest passions as a musician put into one. And, and now I feel like I'm, you know, writing for children's um, programming is something that I am so glad I ended up doing. Cause I, I think this is like a huge career path for me um, alongside my artist work. So, yeah. Ray, we have another catchy piece that we'd like to share with our listeners now. Here's the music that comes on when the kids enter into the spirit park. Love it, Ray. Were you ever a fan of other children's show themes, or, or did you get inspiration from any any old TV shows or cartoon series in their songs? Yes, I mean I'm a real um, child at heart. I I actually, um, you know, I have worked in, in with with children for a long time. I did um, sing-alongs. Actually, I used to do sing-alongs every weekend when I lived in New York, and I learned a lot from working with kids in that um, capacity. I also did, uh, I do private lessons with kids in music. I teach them songwriting and guitar. Um, and so I've always been like a real child at heart and like love communicating with kids. And I've been a huge fan of children's um, music and children's like television shows. Um, for me, the music for Phineas and Ferb is so incredible um, I would just watch the show for the music. Um, same with, um, I mean, all of Chris Nee's shows, for sure. The music's incredible, like Doc McStuffins. 
Um, my favorite movie is a goofy movie, and I've pulled a lot of inspiration for Spirit Ranger songs from a goofy movie. Also, uh, Hercules, really good one. I'm always pulling from. Um, and yeah, and uh, I mean, the list goes on. I mean, lots of Disney movies, but um, I also just, you know, I love Bob's Burgers and I love um, those funny songs that are more adult, but I feel like the comedy level is so high. I'm always trying to like incorporate some of that really goofiness, like goofiness into Spirit Rangers songs, like from Bob's Burgers and things like that, or just the funny songs from um, The Simpsons or things like that. Like I've always been such a fan of funny songs in animation. Well, the music is is so important. I mean, a show, it doesn't work. A show like this does not work unless you have good music attached to it, I feel. What's your thought? Uh, I mean, that's I, I, I love that. I mean, for me, like music is the part I remember most, especially as a musician. Um, and also it's just amazing because I think that the, you know, the writers, they, they guide me into what the song should be. And so it's really, it's really incredible, different from being an artist, like getting to kind of bring other, like a, like a, like a the vision of other people to life as well and, and take creative liberties within that, but also be inspired by what the writers and, you know, Carissa have really built and then get to like turn it into song. I think it's just so beautiful. Well, folks, uh, we are talking all about this new hit TV show. It's streaming now on Netflix, Spirit Rangers. We have Carissa Valencia. She's a show creator. And Ray Zaragoza, who uh, is a singer-songwriter who contributes to the musical elements of the show. Give us a call. Get in on this discussion. It's a lot of fun. 1-800-996-2848. Once again, 1-800-996-2848. Tell us what you love about Spirit Rangers. Did you know more than 51,000 Native and Indigenous people are living with epilepsy in the United States? Epilepsy is a neurological disorder that causes recurring, sudden, unprovoked surges of abnormal electrical activity in the brain. Call 1-800-332-1000 to get information and resources. Help someone you know by learning seizure first aid at epilepsy.com slash first aid. The Epilepsy Foundation supports this show. Welcome back to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We're talking about Spirit Rangers, the new children's show on Netflix, and there is still time to join this discussion. Do you have any young fans of the Sky Cedar Kids and their spirit characters in your house? Join us by calling in today, 1-800-996-2848, 1-800-996-2848. We're speaking with Ray Zaragoza, and she's a singer-songwriter who wrote the music, co-wrote a lot of the music for the show, Spirit Rangers and Ray, uh, you and Carissa, how do you folks know each other? Did have you known each other for a long time? And, and when did you first connect with her and the Spirit Rangers team? Yeah, so it's kind of a funny story of how I got connected to Carissa and the Spirit Rangers team. Um, I actually, my next door neighbor when I was living in North Hollywood um, is one of the writers, uh, Joey Clift. And, um, you know, I was really worried that maybe I wasn't the best neighbor to Joey because I used to have a lot of parties. <laughs> I was, like, always apologizing to him, like, I'm sorry if I was a bad neighbor back in the day. You know, I always invited him, though, and he came to lots of my parties. But, um, you know, he, I guess I, guess I uh, wasn't a horrible neighbor, and he actually reached out to me and uh, said that there was going to be a composer test 
um, because they were looking for songwriters for this new um, animated show called Spirit Rangers um, that has an all Native American writers room. And, um, and so I was like, Oh, um, okay, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll apply. And um, I know there were a lot, lots of, you know, songwriters being tested to get the job and many of which had much more experience than me and were far more seasoned in this world. And I was, you know, I, I kind of told myself that there was no way I was going to get it, but I might as well give it a give it my all. And um, I, uh, you know, I ended up writing a song that's now on the show um, called "The Right Way," and I sent that in. Um, and it was like a, a a while, a long process. And I think a couple months later, I, I got on a Zoom call with Carissa and Chris Nee and. And they were like, yeah, we want to like give you a shot, see if you could write a couple songs for the show and see what happens. And then from there, you know, I, I was one of the, one of two writing teams. And then, uh, you know, as the season progressed, I ended up taking over um, as the sole writing uh, songwriter for the show. And um, yeah, that's how I met Carissa. And I'm, it's, I, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful every single day that I got to meet her and work on the show. Awesome story, Ray. And I'll tell you what, I've had neighbors like you before, and I'm glad this neighbor you're talking about was easygoing and and it all worked out for the best. And Carissa, I want to come back to you. And one thing we have not talked about yet are are the Native actors who voice the characters. I know you've got some big names. Tell us more about them. Uh, yes. Um, first, I just wanted to say it's so funny hearing Ray's story on the back end, because <laughs> I know <laughs> on my side, that song is so good, Ray. I knew it was written by a Native person the moment I heard it. So I'm just like, mm-hmm. also so grateful that the neighbor worked out, because <laughs> now both of you are on the show. But um, <laughs> back to the actors, this has been a dream come true to work with like these legends who have really paved the way for spirit rangers to exist in a way um people like west duty and tantu cardinal they play the sun and moon in the park which i think is so fitting because they are our elders looking over um everybody looking over the kids looking over the spirits looking over the humans and how fun is it to have them play a brother and sister duo where they just kind of like tease each other joke and they just get to be really fun animated characters and they're both so great at voiceover um it's been also really exciting to give a lot of actors the opportunity to go into the voiceover space like it's a really small community in animation and people often just rehire the same folks so I'm really excited that after Spirit Rangers there's now like a hundred more native cast out there that can um, be considered for these types of positions because there's really fantastic singers and actors who can do tons of different voices. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been so great to like tell different folks to like, okay, you're not in a drama space. You're not in a comedy space. You're in animation. You need to go bigger because I think a big learning curve for a lot of our cast is they'll get in the booth and they're doing a great job, but we can't, you know, I have to tell them, I can't see your hands or your face or anything. I need to see that acting through your voice. So it's a whole different muscle to flex. And everyone has really like risen to the challenge of like getting the hang of it. And now they're just superstars. Like I'm so, so proud of everyone, especially our native um kids the spirit rangers they've been they started off completely brand new to the business entirely and now they're the leads of this multi-million dollar project and are just superstars truly they're so great 
Well, yeah, tell us more of, about the actors who play the Sky Cedar siblings. There's Cody, Summer, and Eddie. Are, are these children that you know? So we got to work with Renee Hayes and Elise, who helped us search the country for these kids. And um, I was looking for something really specific with all of them, really. And Cody was the first one that kind of came across where I was looking for a kid who sounded like a bear cub. No pressure. As I was telling Renee, I was like, let's find this kid. And she did. There was this kid watching Aya who was all the way in South Dakota, who had a really great bear roar and this adorable lisp. He just is so great for the role. But the only problem was he lived two hours away from a recording studio, an office, a radio station. We were like, if we cast him, how are we going to, how are we going to record him? And Netflix could have easily been like, you need to pick somebody else. Like, we don't know what to do, but they did not do that. I went to them and was like, this is who I really want. How are we going to overcome this problem? And wow, did Netflix put their money where their mouth is because they built him his own studio here in Los Angeles. And then they shipped it all the way to South Dakota and drove it right to his house so he can walk to work every day. He walks 15 feet to his studio and records. So they really understood that like, there isn't the native talent there yet. We're still training and finding everybody. And they, you know, took their resources to make sure that was possible. So I'm just really, really proud that Netflix has been on this journey with me to create and find new native talent. So that's how we found Cody. And then Isis, who plays Summer, is a California native. So I was really excited to get her. And um, Talon is Mohawk. And I didn't know this when I cast him at the time, but he is from the Turtle Clan. So any every record mm. session, he always had his turtle figurine in his pocket because that was his good luck charm. And he just knew it was meant to be the moment that we cast him. And he's Eddie Turtle now. And it's just a, Oh, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really inspiring to hear. And wow, having a, a whole studio packed up and shipped to uh, uh, this young man's house. I need to talk to my Native America calling producers and see if they can do that for me. Ship a studio to my house. That right? sounds like a good deal. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, Krista, so, you know, I mean, Spirit Rangers, I, I think more than anything else, that the show is about empowerment. And, and what do you hope the long-term impact will be in the lives of these young people who watch the show and then also participate as actors? Oh, uh, this is a good question. I love that word empowerment. I really, really feel that as well. I feel like Spirit Rangers is a show for those Native kids who want to see and deserve to see themselves on screen. It's something like I really hated growing up feeling so invisible that my culture was never represented. If it was, it was a stereotype or a caricature. So I really hope that Native kids see this show and have a sense of pride and like want to wear their traditional necklaces or learn more about basket weaving or their land and place. Um, but it's also for non-Native kids to learn a little bit more about us, see that we're not you know, just only existing in their history textbooks, but we're out here using modern technology, protecting our parks, um, wearing boots and pants and existing today. So I'm really hoping at the also, and like in a broader sense, 
this show is also my love letter to national parks and to our environment. And I just hope that it inspires kids and families to get outside more, visit a new national park, take care of your land, and then also look up whose land that you're on. Now, remind me, how many total episodes are there that are available to stream now? There are 20 episodes on right now. And after that, what's what's the hope? We're hoping to drop some more episodes in the new year and then cross your fingers for some more. <laughs> We're hoping. I mean, the dream would be to keep doing Spirit Rangers forever. I I always tell Netflix, I'm like, well, who are the Spirit Rangers of Australia, of Asia? There is indigenous stories to be told all over the world. This is a global, global show. For sure. And uh, one thing I also want to mention, you know, I mean, here we go, Carissa, uh, holiday season coming up fast only begs the question, Spirit Rangers toys, coloring books, merch. Is it on your radar? <laughs> oh, gosh, yes. I keep bugging Netflix about this, too. <laughs> so write your letters to Netflix that we want toys. <laughs> but we do have picture books available. Um, we have one illustrated book available now, Barnes & Noble, Target, Amazon. And then we have some coloring books coming out in the new year and a little golden book, um, which is very exciting. So I'm glad that we have those and they get to exist off the screen as well. Well, let me know so I can pre-order uh, an Eddie Turtle doll for Celeste because I know she yeah. definitely will want one. <laughs> what about um, you know using it in, in classrooms and other types of learning environments? Any thought to creating some, some supplemental materials or resources to, for teachers to use? Yes, that is something I'd really like to tackle. Um, it's something Dr. Jolie Proudfit and I talk about a lot because I do think that Spirit Rangers can be a great tool in the classroom, um, teaching some of the traditional stories, talking about different tribes, learning the language. Um, there's definitely opportunity there, and we're hoping to explore that. Well, we've got time for one more audio clip. Here's a little bit more language. This time, the Sky Cedar family is watching a golden eagle family on an eagle cam. Hi, cutie. Hi, patootie. Have they eaten, stretched their wings, <gasps> fluffed their feathers? Aren't they scared to fly? Don't worry, golden eagles love to fly. Our people have been watching them take flight for centuries. In Somala, an eagle is called slow. They grow up so fast. Another wonderful clip there, and, and just, I really, really do appreciate all these language and, and cultural components. And Krista, tell us more uh, about, you know, your collaboration there with these tribes and some of these folks that helped out with those cultural elements. Yeah, it's been um, a very ambitious process, I will say, um, because we have so many different tribes represented in the show. Each of those tribes has their own process on how they approach culture and language. And some people, you know, the show was also made entirely during the pandemic. So if offices were closed, we just, we had to hold the episode. We couldn't get anything, but um, it's been amazing to give this opportunity to certain departments and I mean, all departments and elders to help provide the language. When we're writing the script, we always look for an opportunity to like do a pass on it and be like, okay, where can we incorporate more language in here? So it's seen in the present tense. Um, with my tribe specifically, our culture department, anytime we had a word or, you know, wanted to incorporate something, our 
language uh, representative would send in an audio recording and then also a phonetic spelling that would help the cast and then also the writers and we would just make sure that it fit appropriately. Um, so it's been an amazing process, especially coming on like three, four years now that a lot of the cast and crew, like they see the words and they recognize them now, which is crazy. Cause I mean, again, it's like reading my diary out loud. I can't believe these people know my language. It's, it's been really, really cool. So I'm hoping that more kids will pick up the words and get to learn more about us and also learn about their own tribal languages as well. And Ray, tell us what's next for you. Any more plans to collaborate on, on TV series or children's music? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, I mean, like Carissa said, the dream is to just work on Street Rangers forever. <laughs> um, that would definitely be my dream. Um, I think that, you know, working in uh, children's animation and TV and film is something I want to continue doing, but also there's nothing like working on a show with a team of people that are like your best friends and and telling a story that's so important. Um, it's not only entertaining, but it's also educational and it's uh, it's historical. This is like some, this is a historical time that, you know, this show is coming out. It feels very important. It feels like we're a part of something bigger than ourselves. And that's something that's really fulfilling for me as a musician and as an artist. And so, yes, absolutely, hopefully get to work on Suit Rangers forever. Um, and yeah, you know, and I'm just continuing to, you know, keep playing my music and, and keep on writing for everything I possibly could. So yeah, that's pretty much what's on going on for me and definitely releasing another album um, as an artist. And, you know, maybe I'll release a children's album after, after this as well. We'll see. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Ray, where can our listeners go to learn more about your music and your career? Yeah. So you can um, go to my website. It's rayzaragoza.com, R-A-Y-E-Z-A-R-A-G-O-Z-A.com. And um, as of today, I have a tab on there. That's like my Spirit Rangers tab. So you can kind of see a little bit more about Spirit Rangers from my website and about my um, role in it. And um, Carissa, how about uh, Spirit Rangers? Where can our listeners go to learn more about the show? So Spirit Rangers has a landing page on Netflix.com. We also have an amazing casting crew that are promoting the show like crazy. So check out Ray's Instagram, Joey Cliff, Chris Mees. Um, yes. And of course, just stream on Netflix. The 20 stories are up right now. And I'm so proud of each one of them. Well, thank you both for joining us today. It's been just a, a wonderful experience learning more about both of you and your careers. And of course, this really, really exciting new show, Spirit Rangers. That is the title, and it just dropped earlier this week on Indigenous Peoples Day, uh, available to stream on Netflix. Unfortunately, we are going to have to wrap up here, folks. It's about that time, but I'd like to thank all of our guests just one more time, Carissa Valencia, Ray Zaragoza, and Celeste Spruce for a great conversation on this wonderful new children's animated series. Join us next week for another lineup of conversations about Indigenous issues and topics. Our executive producer is Art Hughes. Our producers are Andy Murphy and Sol Traverso. Marino Spencer is the engineer. Thanks also to Roman Garcia. Show McPollin is the digital producer. Nola Daves Moses is the distribution director. Bob Peterson is the network manager for Native Voice One. Clifton Chadwick is our national underwriting sales director. Antonia Gonzalez is the anchor for National Native News. Charles Sather is our Chief Operations Officer.
The president and CEO of Kiwanek Broadcast Corporation is Jacqueline Salee. I'm your host, Sean Spruce. Have a safe weekend. Support by Ramona Farms, offering wholesome and delicious foods from our heirloom crops as our contribution to a better diet for the benefit of all people. We are honored to share our centuries-old farming and culinary traditions online at RamonaFarms.com. There's no reason to let uncertainty about the election process keep you from voting. That's why AARP created state-specific, comprehensive election guides. Learn more at aarp.org slash election guides. AARP supports this show. If you or someone you know is feeling sad, hopeless, or experiencing a mental health or substance use crisis, call, text, or chat 988 988 is a new three-digit dialing code for 24-7 emotional, mental, or substance misuse support. 988 connects you to free, confidential support. You are not alone in a crisis. Just call, text, or chat 988. For more information, visit 988.nm.org. Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanek Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davids. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.